Hey guys, welcome to Bible Study with Sarah. How is everybody? How is everybody's day? Hopefully it was good. Mine was pretty good. Got some homework done, got some exercise, and now I'm ready to get into the word of the Lord. Today we're going to read John chapter 1, verse 1, probably through 7 or 5. I'm not quite sure yet. So get ready, get your highlighters, your special pens, Bible, notebooks, anything that you need when you are driving, diving into the Word. Oh, get some water too. Stay hydrated. Okay, first, after you've gotten all of your stuff, we are going to pray before we get into the Word. So, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for another, another wonderful day of life. I thank you for allowing me to see and able to speak to you your sons and daughters. Today I ask for wisdom for me and the other person on the other side of the screen. Help us grow closer to you, Lord, and have a stronger relationship with you. Forgive us, Lord, for we are human and we sin every day. Clean us, Lord. Please help us be better for you. I thank you for everything, Lord. Once again, help us understand your word. I thank you for everything. Amen. Okay, so we're going to dive right into the Word. I am using a New Century Version translation of the Bible on my phone. Um, I welcome you to use other translations. Just be cautious of what type of translation you're using. Sometimes they are not translated as well and they might have consequences. Even a small little section that has a small um, mistake might have quite the consequence. I'm going to be using a book that I recently got called Life Application Bible Commentary. It's a full commentary on the book of John, which includes commentary of every phrase and verse of John, maps and charts, and a complete outline of John, hundreds of insightful notes, and a comprehensive index. So I'm quite excited. Um, the author, I'm not sure how to say this, but... If you want, you can write this down. It's T-Y-N-D-A-L-E. And it's a very it's a very good book. I recently got into it. And I'm very excited to share it with you, okay? So, let's start. So, I have an annotation here where it says, John was written for to build faith and confidence. It tells the truth about Jesus and is a miniature version of the gospel. So, right here it states, Jesus revealed his essential nature in what he taught and did. John wrote about Jesus as fully human and fully God. So, he was 100% human and 100% God, but and, but and he was also tempted when he was a human. And he was perfect. Jesus is perfect. We are not so much perfect. We're quite far from perfect. I am. <laughs> Okay, so, John wrote his gospel to build our faith and confidence in Jesus Christ. So we, might so we might believe that Jesus truly was and is the Son of God. So, let's get right into it. Verse 1. In the beginning, there was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So right off the bat. John uses the word. What is 
the word, you might be asking. Why does John use the word? Well, it states right here. The word, John calls the Son of God the word. So, Jesus was the Son of God. And, John doesn't ID the person immediately, but describes their nature and their purpose. So, he also says the beginning. He was probably paralleling paralleling the words the words of the creation account. He stressed that the word already existed at the time of creation. Most more likely John was thinking of the beginning before the beginning in Genesis 1:1, a timeless beginning. So, we could translate this first part of the verse as in eternity the word existed. Okay? So, Let's continue. So, what does John mean by the word? As we already discussed, the word was Jesus, right? Okay, so there are two ways that the term, the word, is translated. The Greek terms is logos. And I personally go to a Spanish 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 church so I always hear the word logos logos and since of COVID I haven't been able to go to you know for my own age so I can understand more and most likely in English so I could really understand because I sometimes get confused with Spanish and I always hear them talk about logos so logos is the Greek term for word and occasionally with other meanings so in Hebrew language of the Old Testament, the word is described as an agent of creation. And you can find that in Psalms 33, verse 6. The source of God's message to his people through the prophets, which is in Hosea ver- no, chapter 1, <laughs> verse 2. And God's law, his standards of holiness, which, which you can find in Psalms 119 verse 11 so the two ways of greek like i said could mean a person's thought or reason or it might refer to a person's speech the expression of thoughts so let's see as a philosophical term logos conveyed the rational principle that governs the universe even the creative energy that generated the universe so logos conveyed the idea of the beginning the world began through the word so instead of that sentence we could see we could say the world began through jesus because jesus is the word okay john may have had ideas in his mind but his description shows clearly that he spoke of Jesus as human because he knew and loved who was at the same... Wait, excuse me. (laughs) Oh, he loved Jesus, okay? So, let's continue. Right here, it states, In a world populated by many gods, it took the tough-minded Hebrew 
to clarify the revelation of God's oneness expressed through the three oneness. So the, excuse me, three in oneness. So it'd be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. So to John, this new understanding of the word was gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ, although it had been right in front of philosophical minds for centuries, they had been blind to it. Jesus revealed the truth in the light of his identity. He is the image of the invisible God. Okay? So, here is what I was talking about, bad translations. In the Life Application Bible Commentary of John, they have little sections, and here it says bad news, okay? Often, little words become large issues, okay? I am um, quoting the book, okay? So, starting now, quote, Cults like Jehovah Witnesses attempt to insert an identified article in verse 1, making it and the word was a god the new world translation a specific translation by jehovah witnesses it is a small addition with devastating results the added a serves as to a bolster the teachings that jesus was created being was a created being who earned divine qualities that are attainable by the rest of us if Jesus is only a God, then the so-called gospel is only bad news. However, John was writing not about gods, but about God. And he clearly claimed that the word was God. So not a God, God. Because remember, the three in one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not this one, there's not multiple gods. There's only one God. You have to remember this, okay? That's why I said in the beginning that some translations are not the best, okay? We have to really dive deep in because sometimes we might just... We might not even notice the small differences between each verse or each translation. Some translations might be to understand it better and some might be to... Um, old version, like the King James version. I read that and sometimes I got a little bit confused so I moved to the New Century version which I as as I know as far as I know it seems pretty good okay so verse 2 he was with God in the beginning okay the second verse of the prologue underscores the truth that the word coexisted with the father from the beginning a wrong teaching called the Aaron heresy, I might have said that wrong, <laughs> developed in the 4th century of Christianity, is a heresy. During the region of Emperor Constantine, he taught that Jesus, the Son of God, was not eternal but was created by the Father. As we know, that is wrong, okay? Ah, oh, I lost my place. He taught, he also taught that the Holy Spirit was begotten by the Logos. So, Logos equals the Word equals Jesus. So, 
that is not correct. We have to remember that. Yet John's gospel proclaims simply and clearly that the Son of God is co-eternal with the Father because of the three and one. <laughs> so, verse three. All things were made by him and nothing was made without him. Okay? So the New Testament portrays the Son of God as an agent of creation for all things. He was created through him. So, so there you can see 1 Corinthians 8, chapter 8, verse 6, and Colossians uh, verse 1, no, chapter 1, verse 16. Also, you can see Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. Everything came into being through Christ and ultimately depends on him okay so right here in verse 3 as we read all things were created by him and nothing was made without him okay so here it's pretty important and I really like this this verse um we only exist because God made us. And God thought of us even before we were created. It's just beautiful. Don't you think? God thought of you before you were even born. And we were nothing. God, with God, we have value and uniqueness. Without Him, we are nothing. With God, wait, excuse me, um, where was I? With God, we have special gifts only because God gave it to us. Apart from God, we have nothing. And if we try to live without him, we will miss the purpose he designed us to fulfill. Take a moment to think on that. Sometimes we read the Bible and we don't really look deep into it. And I'm guilty of this. I would open my Bible and read and try to understand and I couldn't. I'm not saying that this book suddenly opened my eyes or any other book that isn't the Bible. Just wow, what a, what a revelation. But sometimes we're just out of tune. So let's say... Um, we're reading the Bible, but our head is probably somewhere else. Or um, before we start reading the Bible, we didn't pray to ask for wisdom to truly understand, like I said, understand and to grow closer to the Lord when we have to. And it's something that sometimes just boggles my mind how we can try and try and try and try by our own strength and we won't get that far because without God we can't do that much we were nothing but now we're something something special to him okay let's go to verse 4 in him there was life and that life was the light of the people the light of the people so creation needs to receive life from the word for he's the reason 
for. He is the source of life. Christ gives physical life to all, but he also gives eternal life to those who believe in him. Eternal life. I once heard this analogy made by um, David Ladding. You might know him. He is um, he's a Christian TikToker who I follow, and he's very good. And he made an analogy of um, life is like a jump rope. And there's so much rope, but we only look at the tip, the part that we hold. Sometimes it's just wrapped in probably plastic. And we just look at that, the first tip of the rope. And we forget about the rest of the rope. So let's imagine the tip of the rope. That's our life right now. The beginning and the end. And once it ends, it's like we forget the rest of the rope is even there. And the rest of the rope is eternal life. Life to eternity. There's no number for eternity. Eternity with God is so much more than this life that we live right now. I'm not... How do I describe this? We live this life for the Lord. Everything that we do should be for the Lord. Every accomplishment... We should thank God for it. And it's amazing. (laughs) So, the Greek term for life is Zoe or Zoe. It's um, spelled Z-O-E. Please correct me if I'm wrong. It is always used to describe the divine eternal life in the Gospel of John. Jesus used a specific term during the Last Supper when he told his disciples, quote, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. Okay? Let's see. Let us continue. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. (laughs) So right here, where were we? Excuse me for a moment. I lost my place. So, that life was the light of men. The divine life embodied in Christ brought unique light to the people, revealing divine truth and exposing their sin. Everywhere Christ went, he brought the light. Light means understanding and moral insight, spiritual version. So when you think of light, what do you think? It might be the physical version like a light bulb, the sun, you know, things that show light. But here it's talking about spiritual light. So let's take a look at morals. So what are your morals? Okay. Those morals, it's almost universal to some other people, right? So. Let's say your morals were wrong, bad morals, okay? God shines the light. Let's say that he grabs a lamp and he shines it onto you. And then you start to notice those wrongdoings. Like, oh no, I'm filled with bad stuff, okay? So it's just enlightening. (laughs) Okay. But more than just shining or reflecting, the light of Jesus penetrates and enlightens hearts and minds. 
everyone who comes into contact with Christ can be enlightened. Christ is the one universal light, there is no other. As creator, Jesus not only provides light, but he also makes people light sensitive. The blindness Jesus later attributes to the Pharisees includes an intentional turning away from the light, pretending to see something else. You ever look at something you're like, oh, is that what I think it is? And they're like, no, it's this. But you're like, no, I think it's that. Is it? Okay. When Jesus, when, when Christ's light shines, we can see our sin and his glory. We can refuse to see the light and remain in the darkness. But whoever responds will be enlightened by Christ. He will fill our minds with God's thoughts. He will guide our paths. God, <laughs> give us God's perspective and drive out the darkness of sin. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Verse 5. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overpowered it. John used past tense in the previous sentence saying Jesus was the light of all the people by virtue of being their creator. Remember, there I'm using a different version and you might be diff- using a different version. But remember that most versions should have and the darkness has not overpowered it. Okay? That is past tense. Or say in other version it says Jesus was the light of people. But John shifted to the present tense, the light shines in the darkness. The timeless light has invaded our time, and we could see it in our darkness. Christ's life and message are still effective. John could see it around him in his day as he witnessed the strength of Christian churches planted, thriving, and growing. But we have to remember also this, ladies and gentlemen, that we shouldn't care about the numbers. And it might be the number of people that attend the church, the amount of people who see. You might be a Christian TikToker. It shouldn't matter about the numbers. But the people you truly touch, okay, who real, who you planted a seed in, but only God can make that seed grow. So, um, I got this analogy from um, my pastor, and it was originally it was Spanish, but of course I translated it. Um, let's see. Uh, Christ is like a lighthouse, and we are the boats. The light guides us through dangerous and rough seas. So, when we are lost, remember a point when you were lost? You remember that? Okay, so now remember what guided you through that rough sea, that torment, that temptation, anything that you were going through, what guided you out of that darkness? God. 
He was the one who guided you out, the one who truly liberated you. The light overpowered darkness. When you shine a light, the shadows go away. Okay? When there's no light, there's just darkness. So much darkness. But with God, there is. He overpowers it. Darkness cannot overcome the light. Even a small light can drive it back. Okay? Christ's light shines to a hardened and darkened humanity, and he continues to shine it. But the darkness cannot overcome it. The darkness could not grasp it, comprehend it, or extinguish the light. Okay? There is enough light for those who only desire to see the light and darkness for only for those who only desire the contrary. Okay? I want to stop here. <laughs> okay? It's, um, it's a good place to stop. Remembering that the light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overpowered it. There is always hope, brothers and sisters. Always. He is the light in our lives. The thing that keeps us going. He's the reason we're alive. That we're alive right now. That we are breathing. That you're hearing this actually. The light was and is and will be. He is the light of our lives. Not this random person that all of a sudden makes you feel good. It's him. It's not about our feelings because our feelings change every day, but about God who never changes. Everlasting, eternal, holy God. So you can put your bookmarks um, right there and we'll continue the next time. Okay? And let's end with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for allowing us to learn more about you, Lord. May this word stick with us, Lord, in our heads and in our hearts and souls. Don't let it go through one ear and come out the other, but let it stick with us, Lord, and let us apply it to our everyday lives, Lord, that you are our light and you are the one who shines on us, who guides us out of the darkness, Lord. We were nothing without you, Lord. We only exist because you made us. You gave us value and uniqueness, Lord, and there's nobody like you. Holy, holy God. You are the word, were the word, and will be the word. Nobody's like you, Lord. You are too good to us. And I thank you for every opportunity that you've given us. For the good and the bad, we trust in you, Lord. And may it all be for you. May this podcast be for you, Lord. Holy and glory. All the glory and honor may, be, may it be for you, Lord. I thank you for everything, Lord. Thank you. In the name of the Father, the, Spirit, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, I thank you for coming to this podcast. It's my first one, and I'm super excited. I sadly only have a 30-minute 30, 30 limit. So that'll be all for today. I'll see you the next time, and I hope you have a wonderful, blessed day. God bless all of you. Bye-bye.